century. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you worldwide from Megaware Keel Guard Studios. Bass Edge Radio, episode 358, August 15, 2021. Aaron, I'm sweating. Yeah, yeah, me too, because my <laughs> girl's about to start school again. Hard to believe. I mean, that's right. Absolutely. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about I that. I, school. I, I was talking uh, with Tori, and, and her daughter's the same way, and we're just like, man, can you believe how fast this summer just goes by? But it's a sign of age, Kurt. You know, I like to say wisdom. You and I are getting smarter. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, so, hey, speaking of Tori, of course, every episode of Bass Edge Radio is brought to us by MegaWare Keel Guard, just phenomenal partners down through the years, and even better products, right? Right? They first do-it-yourself keel protector, the battery guard, flex step, the, the pontoon guard, the scuff buster. So many things that uh, should be on your watercraft. Be sure to visit them at keelguard.com. Hey, Kurt, have you had the opportunity to stay? I know you've been traveling all over the country, but yep. uh, staying on top with Bass Angler Magazine and then also Bass Blaster. I have. You know why? Because Mark Lassane now firing out newsletters. So he's kind of gotten into the newsletter game as well. Well, so that's that's great to see continued expansion from Bass Angler Magazine. Mark always doing a great job over there. And shout out to Mark because he, he talks about our Bass Edge podcast pretty often. So you can always see who's on the next episode running through uh, Bass Angler Magazine's website as well. And uh, he started to do a little West Coast deal on a podcast situation as well. So uh, continue to have more bass fishing information just like mr kumar brings us right Aaron. yeah yeah you know like you said uh hats off to mark and and kumar he, he's another one that just has this natural talent to be able to uh cover topics and do it in a way that's not only educational but also entertaining i am laughing when i say that because some of the stuff that he comes up with it's just like my brain just does not work like that yeah mine neither very unique uh make sure that you're signed up for bass blaster you can do that by just sending a quick email to BassBlaster at BassGold.com. Send an email, say, subscribe me. I heard about you through Bass Edge Radio. Jay will uh, start firing you those newsletters. He's got a huge subscription basis, and uh, it's a cool deal. So make sure you check out Bass Blaster. Always fun and entertaining. And Aaron, what else is fun and entertaining and will make us better fishermen is a ProtectTheHarvest.com tackle tip. Here's one right now. This episode's ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with Evergreen Professional Angler, Justin Kerr. Hey, yeah, tackle tip for me is, uh, you know, I've been using this stealth blade, uh, new Evergreen stealth blade, and I've been uh, fishing it with a 7-foot medium glass rod, 16 to 20-pound fluorocarbon line, uh, 7-3 to 1 reel is seem to be the best thing that's been working for me and you know everyone's got to remember you know rods for certain situations are always key and you know i pick a seven footer to a little bit shorter rod i'm not a super tall person i'm probably five eight five nine and when you're in those tight quarters you sometimes you want a little bit shorter rods and you know so everyone's got to always remember that you always got to match that situation with that rod to reel to line and uh you know that jackhammer stealth blade with that seven foot medium glass seems to get the job done Great tip, Justin. Brought to you by ProtectTheHarvest.com. First by land and now by sea. 
For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Livewell, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. Curtis, that time of year and that comes to mind uh, two things. One is schooling fish. But secondly, it goes back to years ago when we first started Bass Edge, right? And we had uh, the pond boss on all the time. And he said, you've got to make sure that you start making the move to go back shallow because the fish are already thinking about that. Talking about photo periods, right? Talking about all those things of the science. And I don't know if that sticks to you, but that's kind of what sticks out to me this time of year. Definitely does for me, Aaron. Fishing gets tough and uh, still great to be out on the water, maybe half day. Yeah, (laughs) especially in Texas for sure. But uh, definitely, you know, schooling fish this time of year, those bait fish are rising. I'm not going to say it's fall migration, but certainly a migration is beginning from the fish staying down deep. And, and really, it kind of even starts just before, I, I think, this latter part of August. But, you know, those bait fish start to rise, brings the bass off some of that cover. Also, they've been, you know, now getting pressured out deep on those brush piles and uh, still fish available there to be caught. I think you got to move to those finesse tactics like we just talked about in the last episode with a lot of those new iCast uh, items that came out this year. But uh, using those finesse tactics because they've been highly pressured and um, agreed, moving shallow, starting to look and kind of peek into those shallow areas, maybe more main lake shallow stuff than back of creeks, but definitively looking shallow for for some of those bites it's going to start coming into play and that is because you know just the fish are starting to move you talked about the science of fish behavior and those days already getting shorter i know yeah hard to believe but when those schoolers come up kurt i like i know it's one of your favorites as well but it's the uh i'm a big stick and the i'm a little stick yes. um, yeah one of my favorite you know, just creates so much commotion Aaron. they're they're great top waters especially in those schooling activities for sure and and i also think you can't go away from you know the old school stuff you know flipping a little a little flutter spoon a little yep. jigging spoon yeah, out the there little george fish, <laughs> yeah, yep those fish concentrated so heavily on those bait and and i've even seen sometimes where if they're not coming to the surface yet you know staying kind of mid-water column and that be hard to do with some of those vertical techniques you can throw 
you know, plastics out there and just let them fall very slowly through some of those uh, schools of fish. And, and I remember so many times, you know, Josh Bertrand comes to mind, does great up there in your neck of the woods on table rocks, specifically kind of this time of year, chasing bait balls, putting a drop shot down on them, even even suspended fish fishing for them vertically. Oh, yeah. Very oh, cool. yeah. And speaking of my neck of the woods and I think what you said earlier, old school, hey, I am stoked, Kurt, because <laughs> yeah. from my part of the country, right, uh, my dad was a bricklayer. He comes out of the masonry business. Just a lot of things, uh, you know, grew up on one of my favorite lakes to fish. But uh, I'm going to let you do the introduction because I am so excited that he is back on Bass Edge Radio. Well, y'all stay tuned. We've got a legend with us today. And- and uh, looking forward to breaking his thought process down on this tough time of year to fish. But we've got DB in the house. Y'all stay tuned. I am BASS Elite Series Angler Matt Airy. This is Bassmaster Elite Series Pro Bill Lowen. This is BASS Elite Series Angler KJ Clean. This is BASS Elite Series Pro Jake Whitaker. I am Pro Angler Brett Hype. Stay tuned for more Bass Edge Radio. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also from MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. In today's episode, we welcome back to Bass Edge Radio, one of the all-time greats in the sport of bass fishing, Bass Fishing Hall of Famer, easily surpassing three million in all-time winnings, Bassmaster Classic Champion, Bassmaster AOI winner, FLW AOI winner, MLF Cup Champion, TV personality. Uh, I've lost my breath. The credits don't stop with this guy. Ecstatic to have him on the show again, Mr. Denny Brower. Thanks for being with us today, Denny. Uh, thank you. It's a great honor to be with you guys. Denny, I can't help but doing a little bit of reminiscing uh, back several years, and it's about the same time of year as well. I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you can't forget, but uh, for some reason, we were doing a show on at Chafalaya Basin in uh, hotter than Hades out there, and I just remember <laughs> about three hours into that first day, you were like, Martin, who in the hell decided to film on a Chafalaya <laughs> Basin when it's 105 degrees? So, anyway, great to spend some time with you again here on Bass Edge. Gotta ask, do you miss the traveling on the tournament scene or is home near Lake Amistad in Del Rio fulfilling kind of your fishing needs? Well, if they had all been like those days down there, I'd, I wouldn't miss them at all. But no, uh, I really enjoy Amistad. Uh, it, it is truly home. Uh, there's a reason we moved here. Uh, there's just so many opportunities in West Texas if you enjoy hunting and fishing. Of course, uh, the lake speaks for itself. It's got peaks and valleys like any lake, and it's not what it was when I moved down here. But hopefully we get some water and it gets back to that point. But uh, as far as the tournament trail, I mean, I did that for 35 years, and that's a lot of going up and down the highway, and I don't regret any of it. Uh, the sport was awesome. It was real good to me, and 
got a lot of fond memories, but that said, you do miss the friends that you competed against, a lot of good people out there. Uh, you miss a lot of the great bodies of water you got to fish. Uh, you miss the fans of the sport. Uh, you know, they're just awesome. Uh, so there are a lot of things you do miss, and at, at times you wish you could go out there and get another taste of that. But uh, I just enjoy fishing, and being retired and being here on this great lake, uh, it gives me an opportunity to fish more than when I was fishing full-time. Because when you're fishing full-time, you're tied up with a lot of obligations. You're tied up with a lot of traveling. And now I can just get up in the morning, go to the lake, fish a few hours, come back in, kick back, and enjoy life. That is great. And I got to say, living down the road from you and me being on the road, traveling, running the tournament scene and, and all the industry things that I'm involved with, used to be involved with, uh, I see that perspective and I envy your position right now <laughs> because it's it's got to be great to uh, just be two miles down the road and, and uh, settling at home every evening and, and hang out with uh, close family and friends. And, and, and it's it's awesome. And, and I miss being at home even right now so, <laughs> so yeah and I, I i totally understand that and also keep in mind so much has changed over the years it used to be when you'd you know say make a trip to new york you didn't have to deal with near the traffic on the highways you do now i mean truck traffic's just impossible even if you're not towing a boat and then you got the logistics of places to stay and what's a safe place to stay, what isn't. So things are a lot different. They're a lot more difficult for the guys trying to be road gypsies. That's right. It's a great road gypsy. I like that term. Denny, let's dive into the fishing. You know, uh, obviously, like you mentioned, 35 years of experience. Uh, you've seen so many different things in the sport. You've been through a lot more August and late summer fishing than a lot of people out there. Now, with even more time on the water on a specific lake and having those experiences that you've had throughout the country in the past, um, let's chat about tough time to fish here in August, uh, especially in South Texas with the heat, but just really about anywhere in the country. Things seem to tighten up for bass anglers in this behavioral pattern for bass. Bites become more scarce, every fish more valuable in a tournament circumstance. How do you assess the month of August in bass behavior patterns? Oh, boy, that is a tough question to answer because uh, everybody waters a little bit different, and you just got to look at the opportunities that it presents, you know. Has it had rain? Is it clear? Is it dirty? Is it rising and falling? So there, there's so many variables. You can't really just pigeonhole August into, you know, go deep and stay deep type of deal. But I think what makes it so tough is it's a time of year that a lot of the bait has disappeared from the shallows. And, of course, you always need to keep in mind in bass fishing, it's, it's no different than human behavior they're going to be where the groceries are at and they they have to follow the bait in order to survive and when you get into august uh water temperatures have come up that drives the bait deeper the fish go after the bait if the lake's got a thermocline i remember back when uh, i lived on lake of the ozarks during august you'd have a thermocline that usually ran 32 to 35 foot deep and those fish were going to be off those main lake points where they could get a little bit of current when they were pulling water, but they were going to be sitting right above that thermocline, and they were going to be grouped up. So August presented some great opportunities to get into those mother load situations where, man, when you found them, you could just sit there and make the same cast over and over and over again and catch those fish. Now, some of the other bodies of water uh, can be totally different. Look at the classic uh, at High Rock I want. 
I want it in two foot of water. The yeah. same time of year that it was one deep a couple of years earlier, you know, cranking and uh, slow rolling the spinnerbaits. So it was just the conditions that, you know, depleted some oxygen, forced the bait and forced the fish shallow. They enabled me to win in two foot of water. So you can look at the same lake and August can be different just because of the conditions from year to year. So, I mean, it goes on and on about the examples, but uh, this general advice, just keep in mind, what are, what's a bait doing? If there's a bait shallow, you're going to have shallow opportunities. If the bait's deep, which more than likely it's going to be, you need to be deeper. That said, there's always some early morning opportunities in August. Well, and with that, specifically on on the shallow discussion, Denny, I know obviously, you know, known for the signature on flipping a jig. Other shallow techniques that you're sure to make sure and have tied on on the front deck of your boat for those conditions? Well, uh, yeah, definitely. The topwater bite is something, especially a tournament angler, distant angler out fun fishing can capitalize on in August. I usually have a bone-colored sexy dog tied on, and you can, once in a while, fill a limit right off the bat early in the morning. Or if you've got shallow cover, you're going to have fish shallow, especially if you've got canopy cover. If your lake's got vegetation, that's going to hold a lot of forage up shallow, and you're going to have fish up there. And then it can get into a punching situation or a flipping scenario. So like I say, every lake's different. Keep in mind, the dirtier the water is in your body of water, the more fish are going to be shallow. The clearer it is, the more fish are going to be deep, especially if you don't have that shallow cover that they can get in underneath. Great stuff there, Denny. I, I think that really helps the listeners kind of relate to whatever body of water that they may be going to or living near to dissect some of that shallow water opportunity. Uh, you talk about some clear water situations or, you know, going back to uh, Lake of the Ozarks and the deep water techniques. What are some of those techniques you're leaning on this time of year? Do you feel like the fish are still active in that deep water zone or do you do feel like you have to rely on more? More slower presentations because we're so late in the summer behavioral pattern. I think they go through those moments during the day where they are more active, but I think uh, they don't call it the dog days of summer <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> right. They do become tougher to catch, and and I think a lot of it is uh, they're feeding more in the low light area uh, times of the day, early morning, late evening. Probably a lot more night feeding going on. Uh, I remember years ago we used to take a vacation to to table rock during the summertime and in that clear water scenario there the only time you can catch the fish is if you went out night fishing so i think that's something to keep in mind uh during the summertime but as far as presentations you know you can still take a deep diving crankbait like a 6xd and get a lot of reaction bites especially when you get those fish fired up out deep i fish a lot of uh swim baits now deep you know i'll just take a rage swimmer and a, like a shad pattern and a three-quarter ounce jig head and get out there and slow roll it on the ledges and that, catch those fish, uh, the football jig, uh, a cutter type worm. You know, there, there's options you can use. The good old Carolina rigs, another example, and uh, get out there at the same level that those fish are at. And, and a lot of times it's just getting one of those fish in that school to trigger. And if you can get that fish to trigger, you may have a five, 10 minute opportunity there to absolutely load the boat. So 
keep in mind, more than likely they are grouped up. So when you catch one fish, don't be in a hurry to leave that area. Try to figure out how to catch more of them. Quickly on that deep bite, Denny, you talked earlier about thermocline. When you're looking for that thermocline, can you kind of explain what you're seeing with your graphs um, to isolate where that thermocline is located, where you might find those fish? you know, just above that oxygen level in the water column? Yeah, it'll show up on your locator as this kind of a band of uh, haze, junk, whatever you want to call it, that it's real obvious to see if you got your unit tuned up right. And, uh, you know, you definitely want to stay above that. So in other words, where a good piece of structure meets that particular depth, is an awesome place to fish. And up there on a lake like Lake of the Ozarks, Truman, some of them places, it would always be the points that ran out into the lake where, where those fish would congregate. For one thing, uh, when they were generating water, you'd have more current going across those points. And uh, during the heat of the summer, and especially in August, it's another thing to keep in mind is current. There's a lot of lakes around the country. Lake Eufaula down in Alabama is an example that you could be sitting out there on the ledges along the river channel and not be getting a bite and all of a sudden they'd start generating water and that water would start moving those fish would turn on because they knew it was a feeding opportunity for them and you might load the boat in the next hour or two so uh you know always always keep those things in mind during the summertime because current is a big big player on a lot of bodies of water Great stuff. Guys, let's power pole down for a short break. We're going to be right back with more from all-time great Denny Brown. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the power pole is the ultimate shallow water boat positioning tool. Swift, power pole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, power pole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to eight feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Power pole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge, presented in part by ProtectTheHarvest.com, returns with one of my heroes and Bass Fishing Hall of Famer, Denny Brower, in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil High Performance Marine Products. Be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping on all Lucas products. It works. Denny, you've always been a great ambassador to so many in the sport of bass fishing. You continue to pass the passion to youth anglers. Real quickly, interested to hear what is some advice you would give high school, college anglers looking for bass fishing success, considering the changes that you now see in today's tournament tactics. Oh, boy. Uh, I think right off the top, they need to ask themselves, you know, if they truly have a passion for the sport and are, are willing to give 110%. Because if they want to separate themselves from the crowd, it's going to take a lot of long days on the water. It's a seven-day-a-week job. If you're going to look at it seriously, uh, you know, you really got to work on your weaknesses and understand what your strengths are, so to speak. But uh don't resist new technology. Uh, I think that as more or less old timers in the sport, we're a little reluctant to make the change at times, but you got to embrace new technology or you're going to get left behind. And I think they need to realize that, but don't get so caught up in it that it totally dictates how, or, you know, don't let it dominate, I guess, how you fish. Because there's a lot of guys that are going to spend a lot of time staring at uh, electronic screens when they should be out doing something else. It still boils down to 
you know, time on the water, trusting your gut, uh, decision making, capitalizing on the opportunities that the lake has given you. So I don't know whether you can really put it into one sentence or one thing that they need to key on. There's multiple things that if you're going to do it for a sport, uh, man, especially you need to look at it as a business, uh, you know, Guys like you have done an ex- exceptional job of tying business into the tournaments. Uh, I've always told people that if you're a really good promoter, you can make a living in bass fishing. Uh, if you're a real exceptional tournament angler, you can make a living in bass fishing. If you can do both and marry the two together, you can make a killing in bass fishing. Very well said, Denny, and and curious to know on your thoughts, because like historically looking at your career, you know, your skill set, even though you were versatile, you know, you've kind of put up some guardrails of things that you became very, very good at, right? I I used the the term earlier of flipping and and pitching the jig and and things along those lines, but curious to hear your thoughts. Has that time kind of passed now to where, uh, you, you know, it becomes more difficult to just kind of be the specialist, or do you still see that there's a, I guess, kind of a match? an opportunity to do well in the sport with kind of those narrow guardrails. Yeah, you know, that, that kind of gets me thinking about, you know, past tournaments and career in general. And I, I've always asked myself, what were my goals? Different times in your career, you have different goals and it takes a different mindset. I remember when I was wanting to win Angler of the Year, in order to do that, you had to be consistent every day. And I came up like second and third and fourth and real close to winning that a few times. And I asked myself what was holding me back. And it was those few bad days that you'd have during the year. So when I finally won that particular year, one of the outdoor riders kept a a diary of each day how I caught my fish. And uh, like 30% of my fish that year were caught on spinning tackle. Now, you know, nobody would even, yeah, nobody, nobody, right. (laughs) Nobody would even visualize that, you know? So, but after I won angle of the year, that was no longer my goal. My goal was to try to win every tournament that I was in. So I'd look at the opportunities and where I thought the opportunities were, that's how I'd fish. Now, I think we all have certain techniques we like more than others, and one of my favorite techniques that I thought gave me an opportunity to win was, uh, you know, flipping, pitching, uh, jig fishing. And so when we'd have a tournament where the water was a little high or dirty or whatever, where that presented itself, there was uh, quite a few tournaments during my career I won doing that. And uh, it was a great way to market product. So we really uh, played on that as much as we could. But that said, you know, there was almost probably close to half of the tournaments I won in my career. I won doing other things. Uh, <laughs> and most people don't even realize that. Uh, at the Chick one year, I was catching them offshore on a grassy ledge on a jig. And the last day I ran out of fish at noon. I made like a 30-mile run to a ledge that I'd seen a bunch of bait on in practice, knowing that since it was so windy that that bait would be pushed in on the ridge, and I caught three fish that weighed 18 pounds on a crankbait to win the tournament. Oh. You look at look at other events, uh, you know, a spinnerbait. Uh, look at the Lake Russell tournament. I won that on a topwater bait, a spook, and a spinnerbait. And the Noose River, uh, a buzz bait, a spoon, and a spinnerbait. Uh, the Potomac River, Kurt, a uh, body of water you're very familiar with, is a perfect yeah. example of not only do you fish your strength, but you got to be versatile. 
the first day I, I caught them flipping a tube. The second day I caught a few flipping a tube. The third day we had a flood tide up over the lily pads in the area where I was at. I picked up a big spinner bait and caught my biggest bag of the tournament. The last day I couldn't get a bite, so I picked a jig up, went to a different area in that particular creek and uh, caught a limit on a jig to win the tournament. So you just kind of adapt it with the flow of the tournament. So it's not an easy question to answer, but I think everybody needs to develop a strength because when you develop a certain strength, you've got a lot more confidence. And when conditions set up right for that, just like when they had set up right for a, a flipping event, I didn't feel I was fishing against 150 guys or what was ever in the field. I felt I was only fishing against maybe three or four guys that I felt had the same skill set I did with that technique. I'm sure when it come down to a, a, a cranking event or something like that, your David Fritzes and your Rick Cluns felt the same way in a cranking event. Not that somebody else couldn't win that event, but you just have so much more confidence when it sets up right for that individual skill that you think you're a little bit better at. Now, when it doesn't set up right for that, you better have the versatility to be able to survive or possibly win doing something else. Nobody's going to be the best at everything, but you need to be pretty good at everything and then a master of something. Right. Totally blows my mind. The uh, media writer that took those uh, diaries and you had 30 percent of your fish on a spinning rod, because even after retirement, if we were out fishing and, and we were catching some fish on drop shot or something, you'd be like, don't be telling nobody I caught no fish. On a spinning rod. <laughs> <laughs> well, I pretty well uh, never got one out after I finally won the angle of the year. Uh, Well, back back then, uh, I was throwing grubs and I was throwing two baits on it. It wasn't a drop shot deal. In fact, I never really got into drop shotting until I moved down here. And with this deep, clear water, it's a tremendous technique here, as you well know. And uh, it's a technique I enjoy, but uh, it's not a technique that uh, I used back in the day at all. Uh, if I had a great weakness, it probably was finesse fishing. I just uh, survived in the schedule set up right that one year where that 30% was real important to fill limits. You take a quick gander at, at some of the guys that are really good finesse anglers like an Aaron Martins and and um, he's the one that comes to mind quickly, obviously, phenomenal career, mostly in the finesse category. Usually, Aaron would always just cry and moan and be upset, like, I hate using this drop shot. I hate using this drop shot. But the reason he hated it so much is because he couldn't put the thing down, right? I mean, he kept staying very consistent in angler. The year standings was in contention to win a lot of tournaments. Unfortunately for Aaron, in, in many cases, he just ended up a few ounces short a lot and finished second a whole lot. But certainly it gave him the opportunity to uh, you know contend for a lot of titles. Yeah, I mean, he's as good as he gets with a lot of things. He built his career flipping. He's one of the best flippers I've ever seen. So the guy is just tremendously versatile, but when it comes to the nest fishing, he just takes it to another level and uh, the fact that he hasn't won multiple times doing that is just to me a fluke because a lot of them events uh, you know just one fish here or there 
they had uh, happened to get off, he, he would have won, classics included. I do remember he won a, a lead event over there at Havasu, flipping and uh, kind of, uh, you know, an odd pattern. You know, and Aaron's kind of one of those out-of-the-boxers. <laughs> you know, I would, I would yeah, that say— That was the Blackbird pattern. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Exactly right, the Blackbird pattern. That was fun to watch, always interesting. Denny, I got a couple of quick questions, mostly for my own entertainment. I think, Aaron, you'll enjoy this too, right? Absolutely. You kind of <laughs> shared with me what you were thinking, so uh, I'm just glad it's you asking him versus me because he might chew my butt again. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing you never got to worry about with Denny is knowing exactly what he really thinks. Not at all. That, that Not at exactly. all. And I, I appreciate I've, that. I've, 110% as I've gotten to know him closely over, over the last many years that we've live near each other down in Del Rio. It's something that I truly appreciate. And uh, we'll take it from here, Denny. A couple quick questions. Here we go. Football jig or flipping jig? Uh, neither. Stretch jig. Deep cranking <laughs> or shallow cranking? Uh, deep cranking. Drop shot or Ned rig? Uh, drop shot. Nico rig or shaky head? Shaky head. Sneakers or sandals? Oh, that is hard. Uh, sneakers. <laughs> What sneakers? All right. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. All right. Getting close to the end here. White tail or elk? Oh, God. Don't do that to me. I feel like you're (laughs) – I feel – this is what's happening, Aaron. He's moving into the elk category, whereas he used to be all white tail. Oh, I know. Yeah, you you were so so right. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here in my den admiring both right now, (laughs) but – uh, if I had to choose one or the other, it would probably, as long as I could hunt giant white tail, it'd be giant white tail. Otherwise, it'd be elk. I mean, I truly enjoy both, but that is impossible for me to answer because I'm going <laughs> to do both. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Crappie or catfish? Because I know you uh, like some fish. Yeah, crappie. Crappie. Brisket or pulled pork? The old Texas is kind of pull out where your best meat's coming from. Brisket. There, I knew that was going that way. Tacos or enchiladas? Because being on the border, you've had plenty of one of these. Enchiladas. And peas or lima beans? Just because most people don't like either, I figured I'd <laughs> That is so gross. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We're going to end it right there. Peas and lima beans. Gross, man. I'd love to tap into uh, Denny's uh, character and, and how he just enjoys life, man. I appreciate that, Denny. We're going to go into a listener question segment presented by Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Dan Taylor from Utah, of all places. Places. Thanks, Dan, for being a listener. Utah, I know you've got some good bass fishing there, but uh, not as great as other places, but slightly out of season for August, Denny. But I thought this question needed to be addressed specifically because you're living on Lake Amistad. You've experienced this thing and seen this phenomenon. Dan asks, during the spring spawning cycle, when the beds end up drying out because water levels are dropping, how does that affect the bass? Do they end up going to deeper water or do they just follow the water edge? Dan saw in Utah earlier this year, water levels drop extremely fast and fishing was difficult changing day by day. How would you help Dan catch a fish future in this phenomenon of water dropping in the springtime? Yeah, I think that happens on a lot of bodies of water. Obviously, we face it a bunch here, but the fish kind of adapt and they get used to it, especially if it does that on a consistent basis. They spawn deeper. How deep they can spawn depends on the water clarity of the lake. So if the body 
water. He's fishing, has a lot of water clarity. They're probably still pulling that spawn off. They're going to spawn deeper than what it's going to drop out of where they're at. If it's just average water clarity, man, they may lose a spawn. You know, a lot of them beds will end up high and dry. And those are the years you don't have a good recruitment class. So that, that's just part of the game. But I would concentrate a little bit more on the points, the, the steeper banks those type areas, because it's going to surprise you. Some of the typical spawning areas no longer are the spawning areas. They will get on those steeper ledges and that and spawn on those a little bit deeper uh, where they've got a little bit more security as far as the water dropping off over their heads, so to speak. So it's a tough question. Once in a while, you just need to go and pretend they're not spawning. The lake's dropping. Where should the fish be? And a lot of times that's going to lead you to them. Good stuff there, Denny. And thank you for answering uh, that situation for Dan in Utah. Great state, Dan, by the way, home of Megawork Eagle Guard. But uh, one thing that we do need from you is you've got to let us know that you heard Denny answer your question here on episode 358. You can do that by simply going to BassEdge.com, clicking the Claim Your Prize tab, filling out the information, and we will get the Bass Edge gift sent directly to you. And a continued reminder to Bass Edge listeners, keep sending in those questions to our website. Just simply click on the Ask the Pros tab. Fill out the form. It'll shoot an email right to us. We'll get your question answered on the show, and you will receive a free gift from Bass Edge Radio. And you can also leave those questions on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter media pages. Well, Denny, certainly appreciate you being with us here on Bass Edge Radio. I think it's also important. You know, I want to take this opportunity just to kind of reemphasize. I think I'm speaking for several out there in Bass Edge Nation uh, the impact that you've not only had on us individually, but also just on our sport that we all love so much. And uh, certainly consummate professional one who I've just thoroughly learned a tremendous amount from and and really have enjoyed getting to know. So again, thank you for all you have done, all you continue to do. Any closing thoughts uh, for Bass Edge listeners? Thank you for those kind words. I I truly appreciate that. You know, for the month of August, just keep your chin up. Realize that uh, the fish are a little more grouped up. You're going to probably have to work a little harder for your bites. Get up a little earlier. Get out there. You're probably going to have a little more success or stay a little later in the evening. Those little light periods are going to be key, but still get out there and enjoy it. Keep in mind that uh, August is usually better in September, so capitalize. <laughs> there you go. That's great advice, Denny. Man, thanks again for all you do for the sport. Appreciate you uh, being a part of my career as well down there and helping out with uh, these youth camps that I do and giving the opportunity. I got to tell a quick story, Aaron. Denny was out with uh, a youth camper at uh, Amistad's. I think it was the first session, right, Denny? Yeah, it was the first Correct. session this year, the uh, last week of May, first week of June. Denny guided a young angler to a nine-pound, nine-ounce bass. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so cool. So cool to see. We ca- we actually caught a – Denny, were you surprised how many big fish we caught in that session? Yeah, I was because the fishing leading up to the camp had been fairly tough, and we just got the right weather system that moved in, and a lot of those big fish just went to chomping, and it was just a phenomenal camp. There was a lot of seven-pound-plus fish caught, and uh, – I mean, and plus numbers, normally you don't get both. We were catching, uh, you know, 50 to 80 fish a day, uh, but hats off to you for doing those uh, youth camps. I mean, as instructors, we enjoy them. 
but the feedback that you must get from them kids has got to be phenomenal. It is, and the parents love it too, and they appreciate your involvement and all the instructors' involvement. And uh, that's a memory, Aaron, that that young angler, his name's Caden Alexander, he's going to have for a lifetime. I mean, catching a 9-9 with the Hall of Famer, guiding you around Lake Amistad, it just doesn't get any better than that. Denny, thanks for putting in the time. Super appreciate it. You guys, Bass Edge Radio is going to be back with Aaron and I after this brief message. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also from MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. The PowerPole Charge Marine Power Management Station is the most advanced system of its kind available on the market. It does the work of three devices, a traditional battery charger, a charge on the run, and an emergency start system all in one compact unit. The charge lets you run your boat's accessories the way you want to run them by allowing you to monitor and control your power usage through the PowerPole app. It automatically devotes power to the batteries that need it the most for maximum efficiency. The new charge from PowerPole. Power where you need it, power how you need it, power when you need it. Be at home with nature, with nature-inspired art, decor, and gifts by Wild Wings at wildwings.com. Explore art prints and canvas wraps of bass, trout, walleye, muskie, and more by acclaimed artists like Mark Sassino. I primarily paint underwater scenes of game fish and usually in a fishing situation, going after prey or going after a lure or a fly. I get asked sometimes whether I like fishing better or artwork. It would be tough to give either of them up. I can't really think of a good reason to give either up, so I'm going to stick with them. Make your home, office, or cabin show off your passion for angling. Visit wildwings.com backslash Bass Edge and sign up for an exclusive offer to Bass Edge listeners of 10% off your next order. Give something special to your loved one and be at home with nature. Visit wildwings.com backslash Bass Edge. That's wildwings.com backslash Bass Edge to get 10% off your next order of nature-inspired art, decor, and gifts by Wild Wings. You know, on all of our episodes, I guess, you know, I get a little more sentimental on that one for for many reasons. You know, Missouri Angler, kind of long story here. Denny was in the masonry business. My dad was in the masonry business. You know, just grew up, right, watching, and I know you did too, reading about him, knowing him. And so to reconnect and have him here again on Bass Edge, truly a treat. And, you know, it's almost like he's still out there on tour, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. He's a brand in himself. (laughs) <laughs> it's almost like Nike, you know, he, he never goes away. You never forget about him, it, but it's Denny Brower. <laughs> it's, uh, it's great to have him on the show. Always just, you know, bringing the knowledge, uh, you know, obviously amazing experience throughout his career and, and still fishes like a madman. We were just talking after we closed down the interview before we got on here to do the show close and, and, uh, 
Yeah, he's going to be fishing three, four days a week in, in the month of August all the way through uh, September until he starts hunting again. And uh, that's just because that's what he likes to do. You know, he loves to fish and, and he's just out there all the time. So he's always adapting. Even though he's not competing on the tournament trail, he's still getting to understand the forward-facing sonar and, and uh, different lures. And, and now he's more of a swim bait fisherman. We heard him talk about that in the interview. So a lot of cool stuff. And uh, yeah, man, just, just an icon in the sport and, you know, smooth like butter in the interviews Absolutely. all the time. <laughs> anyway, great. Another great episode. Want to encourage all Bass Edge Nation. Be sure to log on to BassEdge.com. A lot of great stuff on there. Also, the Pure Clean Descaler, something I've been using a lot of lately. And of course, then we've got Jay McNamara's book, Psychology of Exceptional Fishing, the Apparel, so on and so forth. Apparel is key. Apparel is key. That's right. Don't forget. Yeah. If you want to win, you got to wear the apparel. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, uh, again, Kurt and I want to uh, thank everyone for uh, tuning us in. And uh, certainly we look forward to seeing you September 1st for episode 359. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. So long, everybody. The Edge is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, PowerPole, and Transport Graphics.